Hello, hello, hello. My name is Victor Rowe. Welcome to Eat the Blank Page. This is the first recording of the first episode of my first idea. Ideas. We all have them. Some more than others. But that's besides the point. This recording probably won't be used. It's the first one that I'm actually attempting. I have my countdown timer to the right of me. And in front of me lies not an infinite number of things that could happen because we would need to be able to imagine infinity, but more an opportunity from an idea that I had and has been imprinted onto me through people I know. And that might sound more serious than I actually intend it to be, but I put 45 minutes on the clock, so let's see if we can actually fill it. I'm not a professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not... I, my, my biggest achievement in life is making Nathan Hembrick go, oh shit, on a phone call when I was describing my story to him. That's it. That's that's the most I have. And don't at him. It'll be very embarrassing for me. But I figured I'd give this a try. And I'm saying this more for my nerves alone in my very cozy office that I decorated myself to make it as comfortable as I possibly can. Have a candle next to me. I'm going to light. Today we have cinnamon spiced vanilla. It's my favorite scent. So hopefully I can calm down a little bit. Whew, shit. Wait. I almost got it. Wait a minute. The second I actually got the third one, because it's so low, I I blew it out. That wasn't <laughs> that wasn't fun. But enough stalling. <clears throat> Let's get into the meat of the episode. Today I want to talk about ideas. And I have kind of a really messed up page in front of me about loose ideas that I want to touch on. And number one, I want to say that I am just a person. I'm just a guy with a microphone that thinks about things a lot and wants to try to help people. If you haven't read the description, do it. It's hilarious. Ideas. We all have them. Some more than others. Where do they come from? That's that's a question I think I'm not entirely qualified to answer in the most literal sense. But from what I've gathered, ideas come from other ideas, but more specifically, things. Things that happen, things that we see, things that we feel, things that we touch, things that we interpret. Any information that we get in our weird, gooey minds can become an idea. Even if it's literally down to the smallest detail, the thing that you witnessed it's still your idea because you're having the idea, but that's a very, my definition of an idea interpretation. You could also say an idea is something new. I have an idea for this. Well, I also have an idea of the keyboard that's in front of me. I have an idea of the LEDs that go in this pulsing RGB pattern that looks really cool. And the typewriter keys, I think, or my idea of them is that they are cool. Hopefully this is making sense. But I always like to think of ideas, creativity, originality, uh, pick your pick your poison, as this kind of machine. That's not really a machine, more of a grinder, where there's a bucket and there's a crank. And if you fill up your bucket, you can crank it and out from the spout on the other side will come an idea where the things that you fill your mind with those things you tell yourself, the things that people tell you, any books you read, any movies you watch, any TV shows you listen to in the background of you 
crying herself to sleep, whatever it may be, goes into this bucket. <laughs> goes into this bucket. And the crank is your ability to generate a new idea using elements of what you have in your bucket. And out the spout comes this new idea, this exact version of an idea, whatever it may be. It comes out that way. And so what you put in is what you get out. I was mistaken about this for a very long time. When I first started getting into the idea, <laughs> the idea of like, I want to be an author, I want to be a writer, I want to be a playwright, I want to make stories, I, I have fun with this. I was so scared that I was gonna tamper with my own creativity by watching other people's creative endeavors. I legitimately avoided watching the things that inspired me to create art in literature on stage. And it was so stupid because I didn't get the basic idea. And maybe this is just for me. And maybe everyone out there has a different idea. <laughs> has a different view on what ideas are, but, and how they work and everything like that. But it was this idea of mine that if I put anyone else's creativity in my pool, in my bucket, and I put a lid on it, and I was like, no, get out of here, that it was going to be tampered with, that it wasn't going to be original, that it wasn't going to be good anymore, because my ideas were good. My main idea was a doppelganger thing, like... How creative can you get? That person isn't that person. <laughs> but when I did come to realize this, it was actually because I was listening to um, a podcast. I don't, know, I don't know if I can actually say the podcast, but it'll be in the descriptions uh, if I can. And they, they said something about vampires, and then I had this full idea about vampires where they were actually created because wives in the middle of England didn't want to confess to their husbands that they had been cheating on them and so the bruises on their neck though they were not hickeys they were not marks of uh, loving suction what? they were actually bite marks from these things and 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 they made them into these vampires oh yes yes they would row the streets and they would get bitten relentlessly all day and then show up later that night with a bag of coin. You get my idea. It was then I was like, oh, that's how that works. Okay. Maybe that's just for me, like I said. But that idea of creativity leads me to kind of a weird story. I would always, not always, but when I would be sitting in the back of my mom or my dad's car and we would be driving somewhere. I never really knew what was going on. I would look out to the trees. And this is for, for, for a very specific reason. It's not deep either. It's pretty weird. I would look up to the trees and I would see them as these tall, magnificent structures. Not living things. They were structures. They were like pillars that didn't hold up the sky, but were just kind of there for practice. And this is what I mean. I wasn't trying to practice my creativity or my imagination, or I didn't have any reason to. I just thought this was fun. And maybe this tells a little bit more than I want to about myself. I would wave my hand in such a way that it looked like a knife, where I would just hold my hand out flat, I would look at the tree, and I would go, slice, 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 sl
And every time I would cut, that was that's what the, that was. That was shoot cut. I would imagine the tree being sliced in half at the angle of which I held my hand, falling over and crashing onto the ground. But sometimes I would reset it because, you know, I'm looking at it standing up. And I would dice it into more pieces. I would dice it into a grid or maybe a pattern, maybe into a bust of a head, maybe into anything, really. Or I would just cut it. If there were a line of trees, yum, clean cut. Everything's gone. Stuffs, as far as the eye can see. Or my mind's eye can see. And so what that kind of evolved into was this kind of game I would play with myself where I would I would go, what is the craziest thing I can imagine right now? Right now. Okay, what what, what can I do that's crazier? What can I do that's better? Now, here's, a, here's an example. I, mean, I haven't practiced this, so I might just make myself look stupid. But here we go. I'm looking at a bird on my uh, mouse, being my big mouse pad that I have my keyboard and my mic on. There's this bird because it's like a Japanese cherry blossom tree. Let's just look at it and see what I can do. All right. It has black wings, black feathers, a white stomach, and a red neck, for just for clarity. So, since the wings and the tail look like one big shape, I'm, I'm kind of seeing a mask form from a very small head. Now I'm thinking Evangelion. Well, now it's actually becoming like an angel, where it has two sets of wings, and maybe like a dragonfly, because the tail of the bird is split at the bottom. Well, maybe if it wrapped around the, the bird's body and became a suit of armor, and it was launching towards this cherry blossom tree. Well, okay, reset the entire thing. What if it was actually upside down, and the tail feathers were the beak of this weird thing with very tall eyes and a very stout body, and it kind of like crawled and crittered along the ground? Well, what if that beak became nine feet long and wrapped around and bit itself in the, in the butt and cut it off, and oh, and now the head's rolling around, and it grows a whole other thing, and that's how it reproduces, and it's this new creature. That, that's where this game led, where I just kind of look at things, and I'm like, okay, well, what can this be? And I just do that with myself. I, that, that, that's, it's not something I'd tell people, but in the nature of what we're talking about, I felt like that was a fun thing to bring up. And with that thought, I don't share it with anyone. My ideas, the things I think about, I don't believe are necessarily special. I think everyone to their own degree thinks about philosophical content, thinks about deep things, some more than others, but I think everyone does have moments of realization where, oh, I'm going to die. I am alive. That bag over there is yellow. Why is it yellow? Is it yellow because that's what it is or that's because it's what I see? Why are the stripes on a tiger black while its body is white? I mean, orange. When the, when the canopy is green, why is the tiger's fur orange? It's surrounded by green. Wouldn't the prey be able to see it? No, because the prey, see the orange, is green. It's all personal. But there are things that can be implanted within you from other people. I mean, hey, if you've ever been a child, right, and I think we all have been, and maybe some of you are, there's a lot of ideas that are thrown at you, forced into your head, and eventually become a part of you. You have to go to school. Better eat your breakfast. You're not good enough. Maybe you should try this. What are you talking about? That's stupid. These are all ideas that are implanted. They're given. They're not good. No, maybe their intent is good. Anytime you start talking about good and bad, you know, it's all opinion. But this is a thing that happens on a grand scale that 
ultimately shapes everything you see. Everything you interpret are shaped by these ideas that are thrusted upon you. And this is no different than looking at a yellow bag, than listening to your father say he's proud of you, listening to your mother say, why would you think that? All very different things. The group of friends that you thought were friends bashed your idea you were excited about. Now, that didn't happen to me. I'm just you know, saying these are all the same thing. An idea given to you or an idea that you've taken, however you want to interpret it, because, you know, your senses observe and listen and your brain kind of stretches and plays with the information like, like a big ball of putty that you just kind of shape into this idyllic version of the world. Maybe you have a breakdown and someone smashes the pottery. But on the grander scale, the general norms are ideas in themselves. To match your brown shoes with your brown belt. Makes sense. And then it's like, oh, there's this whole world of color combinations and matching and fashion. It's a general norm. Nothing wrong with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it looks pretty good when your belt matches your shoes. Do you? Do you think it looks good? And if you agree with me, is that because you decided on that? Because you believe it? Or because someone told you? Now, I'm not trying to spark any... Uh, breakdowns <laughs> to anyone listening. I'm not trying to make you double think your entire life. I'm just saying these are what I'm talking about. The ideas in their purest form. Information that your brain receives and then has. And can recall, form, change with imagination. But sometimes they morph. Bits of that tree I cut down and bits of that yellow bag will form a yellow wooden knight standing in front of me, ready to protect. Maybe he has a giant sword that he can also cut down things with. Why is it a he? Is it because I am a man? Is it because I think knights can only be men? No. That's just how it was. It can pull from the un... It can pull from the subconscious. It can pull from the the... Conscious, I guess. Well, that was supposed to be way more dramatic. But it can pull from all parts of you and all parts of your ideas. It, it's said among some of the greatest writers ever. That's a bit too grandiose. It's said amongst writers and people who write music, people who come up with ideas, that they all just kind of pluck it out of this imaginative universe. Just... They might say, hey, I just plucked it out of the air. Hey, just it just came to me. The idea that it was not theirs and then suddenly in their hand is, is apparent across all of these people who have had these experiences where they're not thinking about anything and then here's this idea. George R. R. Martin, um, for my literally, my literally, my literary friends and comrades... If you've listened to George R. R. Martin talk about the Game of Thrones series, you'll know, or hopefully will know, that... Not hopefully. What am I talking about? Why am I giving this so much preamble? The, the first chapter of the first Game of Thrones book just came to him. That's what he said. It just came to me, and I, and I had the whole first chapter in my head. They go to these dire wolf pups, and then, you know, it's, it's the... It's the uh, mid-summer snows or whatever. And then from there, he crafted the entire series. Okay, well, why is there... Why is there mid-summer snows? What the hell? Dire wolves. 
the Night's Watch, you're guarding the wall, it all just came to him. And what I think those are, and this happens across all artistic mediums, I think that is kind of a an allowance. Not money you're given every week, but you're allowing yourself to combine. You're allowing yourself to create. I imagine it as this like wall of almost silver water, but it's not reflective. It, it, very specific. And it's just waving and it's like this whole universe in a 2D spectrum. And then out from the water pops this idea. Just and it, and now it's there and you have it. But what it is is that you're you're just you're just going with the flow. You're not trying to do anything. You're not pushing the current in any one direction. And from all of the ideas you've ever heard, ever thought of, anyone's ever told you, maybe there's like a randomization button of your memory or of your brain storage. I'm not that smart. And they hit randomize, and here comes this idea that is formed. And your brain goes, hey, this is an idea. Here it is. I think that's what that is. Whenever someone's like, oh, it just came to me. Oh, it just, you know, this. I think that's what that is. And I think that's really interesting. But what I think most of all is that if you can put yourself into that state, how many things could you generate that are original? What is originality? There was a speaker that I was listening to that I'll leave the name in the description. I can't think of his name right now. He said, originality is not two ideas put together. Originality is not three ideas put together, but five, five different, completely different ideas. Maybe five similar ideas. But the more ideas you pull from, the more original it becomes. Because every new thing added, it's less like everything else that's ever existed. And that was very fun for me to hear. Because it was like, oh my gosh, someone else. Not someone who's randomly that I work with at where I work. It's this guy who knows things and is talking to hundreds of people. Said the thing that I was also thinking. He had the same idea. Maybe he got this through years of study, talking with experts, his own research. But in a way, he was agreeing with me. Because my idea of originality was this opaque silver wall that spawned ideas, pulling from any number, randomly. It wasn't a, it wasn't a forced thing. It was, it was just passive. And so in that sense that something original comes from more than one place we could agree on. And did I tell him? No, he has much better things to do. I don't even think I could find his email if I tried. But more than anything else, I want to give you an idea that we can give ourselves information. The brain can convince itself of things. We see this in the, um, we see this in the placebo effect. I believe this medicine will make me better. It's actually a sugar pill and won't do anything at all, unless you're diabetic. But because I believe it, it will work. And then your brain does some weird biomagic and just makes it work, I, you know. In the same way, I feel like our thoughts and how we dictate our reality can also come from what we tell ourselves, what we think about, and how we think about ourselves. So let's break this down. What we think about. I knew a lot of very interesting people. I'll bring I'll bring up two of them. One of them, his name was John. 
and he was my old pottery ceramics teacher. He was my old ceramics teacher. He was a photographer. He was a dad. He was a husband. He flipped houses on the side. But what he knew was pottery, ceramics, sculptures. And he had been into this for so long, for so many years, the most pivotal years of his life he was into this, playing with clay, burning it, making it solid art through his teens, through his young 20s, and now in his 30s, he's teaching it to other people. But he's learned other things. He pulled me aside one day because I was having a rough, I was having a rough life. And he, he was like, do you know something funny? I can never explain anything without using terms from ceramics. And then he just listed off a bunch of terms I, I don't know. You know, he, he said, he said, chop in, wooden, you wet it, you slap it together, Bob's your uncle. He explained photography with these terms. He explained how to flip a house with these terms. He explained how he successfully like melded together his marriage. He, you know, diced up himself, diced up his partner, put some clay in between them, added some heat, and there you are. And now I'm butchering his explanation, but this is how he saw the world because that's how he thought of things. Because that's what was in his mind for so many years. That's what he learned. That's what he taught himself. That's what others taught him. And because he knew of these rules, because he knew of these terms, because he knew practices, he had examples in his mind, he, he had taught himself life lessons through this basic act of shaping clay, putting it together, throwing it in a kiln, and just having the piece of art. His view on life is based in the ceramic world, based in sculptures, based in the act of creating something that is still that thing, but now shaped to be something else. It's artistic. It's an expression. But the craft of which he expresses himself is the same rule set on which he views his life. I knew this woman who liked to bake. She did the same thing with pastries. She, all of, all of this woman's quotes, sayings, feel-good attitude, curses related to baking, related to making breads and pastries and desserts and cake. And it was so subtle, but it was always there. And you, you didn't even have to know her to know that she was into baking. Same thing. So if you spend enough time telling yourself that you're not good enough, you're going to view your life that you're not good enough. Now, is this some crappy self-help message? No, I'm just saying, you know, maybe it's not a good thing. Maybe you can't stop. But ideas are powerful. Ideas are very, very powerful. And I think that's only because it's the byproduct of the mind. The, the mind is the only thing that makes a person a person. Anything else you can find in a pig or horse, the mind is the one thing that separates humans from the rest of the animals in the world. If you know where that's from, leave it in a comment somewhere. I would love to see how many people know that reference. But that's it. The ultimate domination of the world and of each other that humanity has achieved came from our minds, how we used them, the thoughts they gave us. Or are they us? I guess we are all just one thing, entity. We are not our mind. We are not our body, whatever, whatever. Now, 
kind of went over this. How we can use that for writing is if you know enough, if you've been exposed to enough, maybe you have a lot of just in the bank memories and experiences that you got just through living your life. And you've practiced, well, not really practiced, but you have experience with forming these ideas. Maybe if you've experienced this opaque wall of flowing thought and just free space where something will appear, maybe you've experienced that like I have. And so you know what I'm talking about. But if you have enough in your bucket and you have a strong enough handle, maybe when you crank something out, something original will appear. And you can aim it. You can aim it. I went to a wedding a few months ago in this, oh my gosh, this was a giant hotel. And I had never really been in a hotel this big before. It was very, very nice. And I was not equipped to just deal with stuff. There was a blow dryer in the bathroom. I don't, that is insane. But I came up with an idea whilst trying to go to sleep. And when I was going to sleep, I was just thinking. I put myself in that space. I didn't even want to because I knew I only had a few more hours of sleep and then I was going to be up for like a day and a half helping with preparations and ceremony and everything like that. And it was very important. It was very important that I, I was awake and alert for this, this uh, wedding. It wasn't my own, but, you know. And I'm laying there and I started thinking about the staff that I had seen that day. I started thinking about how big the hotel was and how the cleaners probably knew it better than anyone else and how the management might have worked the security that was there i had never had any experience with the people who take the car the valet the valet in the front i never had any experience with that like why would you give your car to someone and they go park it for you just park it yourself and walk in it was all super new it was challenging my thoughts on the world that i thought i knew and i'm laying there and boom this, the opaque wall, the the milky blue wall that's giving me ideas just comes out of me and it goes, Bleh. here's an idea for you to munch on. And I did. I ate that up so fast. I whipped out my notes pad and I just started writing away. Well, typing. It was on my phone. My notes app. And before I knew it, a good 30 minutes go by. And while I'm supposed to be sleeping, I wrote out an outline to this entire story that I want to do. It had some unique elements that I hadn't seen before in any other media. Maybe I have, and I'm just not remembering them. But it also had a lot of themes that were very familiar. It was a hotel of monsters, and every monster taught the main guy, who was just a normal person and who had bought the hotel, taught him a lesson. Lesson about life. I'll give an example. There was this, the valet, right? The valet in this story is this time and space god who's just holding down a nine to five because he likes the atmosphere, right? And so none of the, the there's no like threat. There's no, it's not like a battle anime. So this is just a god of time and space who's like a mystic owl dude who's a monster, you know? Oh, um, yeah, all the monsters and they teach him lessons. He's time and space god and teaches him about responsibility. Teaches him about humility. There's a giant falcon on top of the hotel, which is hundreds of stories tall. That circles the entire tower, guarding it. And the falcon teaches him about stoicism. Teaches him about keeping an eye on things. Not to 
put too much time into one object and to investigate what seems to be a problem. And, you know, it's not entirely fleshed out, but there, there's a druid in the garden that acts as the landscaper and who is paid fairly thus, who teaches him how to grow things, what nurturing things are. And he's open to learn and, you know, everyone teaches their own thing. And then halfway through the book, it ends. It's a two-parter. Maybe two books in the series. But eventually, you know, the hotel gets up and running. And if a hotel with monsters sounds familiar, you've seen Hotel Transylvania. And funny enough, it's one of my favorite movies. Well, when I was a kid. But hey, that's where that idea came from. But I wouldn't have had it unless I was in a hotel. But I wouldn't have had it unless I was also thinking about the staff. But I was also thinking not... I wouldn't have had that idea unless I was in a space of, hey, let's make something. And it's not even an active process. And I, and I, and I put myself into it. I didn't want to be in it, but I'm happy I was because I now have this idea that I, I want to turn into a book. No one steal that. Um, but with, with the story itself, I'll wrap it up really quick because this is really not important to the, the, overall, um, the overall episode. The second part starts after the hotel is up and running, everything's cool, he learns all the lessons, yada yada, everyone's very happy. And then, it's super successful. It acquires great art and attention. And there's these two robbers, who now become the main characters, not the owner, who attempt to break into the hotel... And now they have to survive a giant octopus who's the cook, a giant uh, spider lady who's the receptionist, uh, a being comprised of millions upon millions of smaller beings who is the janitor, um, a giant falcon that circles the top, a druid in the garden, and a time and space god that drives your car into the parking spot. They have to get away from all of them because they are robbing the hotel of their greatest treasure. What that treasure is, I'm not entirely sure. I think I want to make it like a ruby or something. Just like something small, it doesn't really matter. Um, but you spend the first part or the first story learning about the characters, loving the characters, learning lessons from these characters. And then they turn into like Dark Souls bosses that these guys are barely getting away from. You're now rooting for them, even though you watch the creation of the hotel and the friends are now the enemies and the enemies who should be the enemies are now friends and it, it, it goes in on itself and then it's like, oh, the ending, I, I haven't decided it yet, but I love that idea and I'm, and I'm gonna write it. Be on the lookout for that. So to not drag this on forever because I don't have anything else to say, ideas are fun. And I think everyone should have more of them. There's plenty of people I meet who, oh my gosh, you can see the glaze on their eyes. They don't have a single thought in the day. Wake up, go to work, go home, drink a beer, go to sleep. It is sad, and I don't like it. I think more people should have more ideas. And I don't think I'm special. Don't get that, don't, please don't get that interpretation. I, I am so drawn to people who can question my thinking who I can talk to about ideas with. And, uh, you know, I guess that's why I made this podcast. Whether you guys actually hear this one or not. Um, I mean, ideas are the basis for everything. And if you want to be loose with the uh, definition of idea, you can talk about innovation, making something better, making something new for uh, a utility aspect and how necessity is the mother of innovation because from necessity we have to make ideas and formulate a plan and solve a problem we innovate hey we need to be better at war we're really good at that one 
And I think that becomes that that's just from like evolution and biology and I'm sure Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about it at one time. And yeah. Ideas can be scary. Maybe you have an idea that scares yourself from time to time. Maybe you want to act on that scary idea. But I think at the end of the day, an idea is just an idea. It's just a thought. And a, a kind of self-control or a filtering process is something I believe is very important to have when dealing in the realm of ideas. Because you can act on an impulse. I want to buy those shoes. I want to punch my teacher in the face. I want to scream in the middle of my um, in the middle of my shift because there's a rush going on and I can't make enough sandwiches. Nah. But then you set up filters and everything's fine. But even there, the idea of a filter is an idea that I've had. Maybe you look at life differently. Maybe you look at your mind differently. It's all just an idea. Even having this podcast was an idea I said at the beginning. It's an idea that I see ahead of me that could lead to maybe financial success, success in helping people, success in challenging people's thoughts. Maybe some people agree with me. Maybe some people disagree with me. Maybe it will end in a week from now where I've made five episodes and, you know, I, I don't even bother posting the three that I didn't maybe this last year and then I die a tragic death. See, it's all just an idea. It's not real. What's real is me talking to a red microphone. Um, trying myself, trying my best to sound smart, which might not be the best idea when it comes to what I'm trying to do here. Regardless, I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful day. Follow me on all my socials at Victor Rose Stories on most of them. And from there, you can follow my link tree. Not follow, but find my link tree with all the other links that you'll need. VictorO.com is where you can read a prologue of my story. YouTube slash Victor Rose Stories. That goes for my TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope to see you there. I hope to see you for more episodes. Tell all of your friends about this. Word of mouth is the best way for podcasts like these to reach people that would actually enjoy them. So... Have a wonderful day. Stay safe.